Hello everybody and welcome to episode 5 of Kiddlehood, where we talk movies, TV shows, video games, and whatever the hell else we think is important. My name is Jamie, and co-hosting with me as always is my little brother, the boy with the best hair in the business, Rory Kid. Hey, what's up? Hey mate, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, how's your week been? My week's been pretty oh. good. Yeah? Uh, it's gone relatively quickly. Doing lots of different things at work, so that's nice. You told me about making some Millennium Falcon cufflinks today? No. <laughs> you told me about making some Millennium Millennium Falcon, Falcon tokens. Tokens. So we make these wedding gifts that are a frame made of, with a perspex front that's engraved. We've got a little hole at the top that you can sign a token and be like, what a great wedding, and pop that in. Job sounds interesting. So someone asked for l- little, small, millennial... Millennial? Millennium Falcon tokens, which was pretty fun. That's fun. I uh, I wrote some tenders. Some real boring business tenders. Nice. That was nice. good. Yeah, it didn't do anything to do with Star Wars, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, this is the highlight of my week so far. It's probably the one thing I'm enjoying about Star Wars right now. Oh, yeah? Other than the movies. Well, because our movies are shockingly bad now. Shockingly bad. Um, You've been Terrible. up too much? You, you watch any movies? Uh, yeah, actually, Fraser and I, last weekend, we went to go see First Man. Oh, Ryan Gosling Goes to the Moon. Ryan Gosling Goes to the Moon. I went to see it the other day with Hannah as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know how it ends. <laughs> you do. I think going into that film, you need to understand that it's not about, the film is not about the Apollo 11 mission. No. It is about Neil Armstrong and the struggles that he goes through mentally dealing with, uh, spoiler alert, at the very beginning of the film, his daughter dies of cancer. And how he ends up dealing with the emotional turmoil of that. And then all his friends who end up dying in the Apollo missions and the Gemini missions. Um, it, it very much is Which about, a lot of it I didn't even know about. Yeah, it very much is about the first man yeah. and not the Apollo 11 mission. Even though the music's great and the scene where they do land on the moon, very dramatic. The, uh, in, the, in the cockpit scenes were probably the most intense I've ever felt in a oh, cinema before. Good. How much of a dick is Buzz Aldrin? Yeah, I didn't know that. You? I thought he was a what yeah. a dick. Fraser like, said that to me. Like, I didn't even really know he was that much of a dick. The guy that plays him is the guy from the first season of. He's the he is he's the bad guy from Ant Man. He's Yellow Jacket. Yeah, he's yeah. in the first season of House of Cards as well. Oh, is he? He's a good actor. But yeah, proper dick. Yeah, didn't realize that. Didn't I, like him. T- 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 just speaks the truth no matter what context he's in. Yeah. Yeah, a funeral. Oh yeah, they died because they were ship pilots. Yeah. Oh. Whoa. Oh, fuck. Bad one. And <laughs> uh, what do you think? Though? Was it good? It was, yeah, it ended weird. I'm like, gonna... It kind of ended on a bit of a downer. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of looked at Fraser and I was like, was that a good movie? Mm. Uh, and kinda, we didn't, it was I... the first time that we've walked back from a movie together, not really talking about it. It was, I didn't like the ending. I mean, for, for a film that was two hours and 20 minutes long, it ended quickly. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. Um, like Gosling, Gosling's performance was great in it. The music was good in it. It didn't have a lot of the rockets in it that I thought it would. Again, this isn't about Apollo 11. Like, you know you know that scene in Apollo 13 where you see the Saturn V rocket and it, as, it, as it takes off, it has that amazing dramatic scene where it pans out and you see how big the rocket is and yeah. how dangerous that whole mission is. I mean, you get that from Ryan Gosling's perspective in the cockpit. You don't get the scenes outside the rocket. Yeah, but I kind of preferred that sort of first-person view. Seeing it from his perspective rather than going out of the 
actual rocket ship and seeing it. I found it. I think it would look too CGI. Yeah, crap. I found it very intense when they're up there doing the Gemini missions and they had to dock with the thing first. And you realize how thin yeah. the, the actual capsule is. There's literally just a tin can. They're in a tin can in space, yeah. like David Bowie says in the song. Um, and then when it goes, it spins out of control. He saves it just in time. That's crazy. Yeah. I liked it. I, I think I did like it, but you need to understand you're going into a, a movie about Neil Armstrong, not about Apollo 11. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where we went wrong. That was kind of, I mean, that, that segues into one of my new stories, but I'll, I'll leave it. I need to do some housekeeping really quickly. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, we're on episode five, guys. Um, again, now, as of, what's the date today? The date is the 28. 26th of October. 26th. Red Dead Redemption 2 day. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. We'll get into it. A bit of housekeeping first, though. Uh, as of today, the 26th of October, you can find us on Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and for all you muggles out there, we're on Spotify. Lol. Lol. Uh, all you people who don't use Apple. Well, we, we're an Apple. Get on the Apple train. Uh, we upload a new episode every Monday, so if that fits into your commute schedule, it's 8 a.m. Monday morning. Give us a, a wee cheeky download and make sure you leave us a review on iTunes if you enjoy the pod. Um, it really helps our analytics. Um, give us a rating while you're at it if you can uh, we see ourselves as five star men so it's not unreasonable to say you should rate the pod twice with two five star reviews I'm a five star man I'm a five star man are you a five star man I'm a five star man okay good uh, get, back to the, get on to the news seeing as we start yes. with uh, first man can I talk about it yeah go for it um, it's telling my fourth story here but first man's bombing at the box office is it really not making any money people aren't going to see it the problem it's got um, so from what I'm reading it's sandwiched in between two very big movies. Um, it came out straight after Venom, which has yeah. actually surprised done me really very well. well at the yeah. box office. And Halloween came out last week, the Michael Myers remake. Oh, yeah. And it's that time of year, and it's just taking over. Um, even though Gosling and uh, Claire Foy, who plays his wife, have been tipped for Oscars because of this, uh, it's not doing well at the box office. It's a shame. That is a shame, because it, it should have done well. Be- but I think it's just they haven't really thought about what other movies were coming out that time. I think they'll play the long game with these Oscar f- films that either get re-released in the new year before Oscar season or they keep it in the cinemas for longer so it gets a wider exposure. Mm. Um, the problem is this year it's just it's chock-a-block full of good movies. Um, I hope it does better and they'll definitely get recognized at the Oscars. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to move on to the first proper news story. That Yo, you've, you've committed to more news I've stories. I've committed to more news. I've added four Three. I've added three topics to the news. I'm going to start with the first one you already shouted out. It's Red Dead Redemption 2 release day. Red Dead Redemption 2 day. The day we're recording this is Red Dead 2 day. And your game is just downloaded. And my game, yeah. I, I finished work at four. I went straight to game. I bought the game. I went to the flat. I put the game, which now has two discs, one for downloading and wow. one for playing and finishing the download. Don't tell Cam that. He might get... um. Riven Nightmares. Is it Riven? Riven? Mist. Oh, yeah. God. The game he was complaining about last time. Eight discs. Eight discs. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I had to pick Jamie up from the train station at seven. Neat. So this was probably five o'clock that I got the game into the PlayStation. We got back from the bu- from the train station at quarter past, half past seven, and it had just finished downloading. Yeah, that's It a, is a big download. That's a mountain of a game. I'm, re- I'm itching to play it after this pod. IGN gave it a 10. A straight 10. Straight 10. That's a huge feat. The last game I think they gave a 10 was Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, yeah. 
I will play it. I just I'm I'm stuck in uh, again this this life Taking of be- ages. being an adult where I don't have a lot of time to play games. And the game I'm playing right now is Spider Man, and I'm having way too much fun with it to finish it too quickly. It's a good game, yeah. So I'll I'll get onto Red Dead. It looks great. It's a prequel, isn't it? It is. It's a sequel to the game, but a prequel to the story. Yeah. Um, and the graphics look brilliant. It's huge. Graphics look brilliant. Apparently, it's the most realistic game anyone has ever made. Rockstar have gone above and beyond what they've been expected of. Mm. And I hope it works out. I'm really looking forward to playing it. Yeah, cool. I'll play it. I'll probably borrow it off you again like I've done Spider-Man. Yeah. Because I'm cheap. Uh, second news story. You've got here in, inver- in speech marks, sorry. Uh, the one where Ross steals some beer. Yes. <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah, I've seen this. <laughs> now, I haven't got the article up in front of me, so I don't remember where the actual... Th- theft occurred i think it was in brighton was it in england yeah, yeah. Something that was in so someone stole a crate of beer from an aldi from, or something from an aldi or a convenience store and they looked ridiculously similar to my, uh, david schwimmer well the, the guy it was gets, so funny the guy gets seen on cctv and he does that awkward moment where he noticed the cctv's camera he looks straight and at looks it. straight at yeah. it and he's ross from friends but the bit that I really loved, and the reason why I've named this story the one where Ross steals some beer, is because David Schwimmer went to a store in LA, in New York, tweeted, I honest wasn't on Brighton, I was in New York. And he he, he got a mate to film him as the perspective shot for shot. Of yeah. a, shot for shot, him stealing a crate of beer. I did see that. I love David Schwimmer. He's got a good sense of humor. Um, he must have a good sense of humor. My only... My only image of him outside of Friends, uh, for a sense of humor, he was in episodes of Entourage. Kurahi! And Yeah, and he was that awful uh, major or whatever in Band of Brothers. Yeah. But um, he was in episodes of Entourage know. when we were watching that Did 10 he play himself? years ago. Yeah, he plays himself. And he must play a caricature himself because he's a proper, proper dick, a dick in that show. Um, but yeah, funny he's story. He's done well. From all of those in Friends, he's done quite well in producing and writing and stuff. So. Oh, Absolutely. But yeah, um, funny, funny, funny news. Okay, third one. Uh, you have here Rami, Ma- uh, Rami Malek up for a potential Oscar for portraying Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. This is, this isn't official news, I don't think. He's been because, for it. Yeah. yeah. Steph saw it and she thought it was, in, oh no, or Steph's friends have seen it and they said it was incredible. Mum has seen on some sort of Facebook feed that he is up for an Oscar. Well, I watched, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't looking forward to seeing it because, as a musician, I don't like the way that people portray how you work in a studio and how you write songs. And the trailer kind of made me think, well, that's not, maybe that's, maybe that, I guess maybe that's how it happened in the seventies and the eighties. But yeah. when I've gone into a studio or been writing songs or playing in a band, it's not like that anymore. So I don't know if I'll go and see it anyway. But. Well, the I trailers went, didn't really. When happen. I went to see First Man this week, we went to the Grosvenor Cinema. Uh, so, if those of the listening don't know, the Grosvenor Cinema is a little boutique cinema in Glasgow that has two screens. Uh, it's one of those trendy ones where you can like rent couches and buy alcohol and uh, whatever. And in the second, when we're watching First Man, you can you can testify to this because you've seen it. The scene, some of the scenes are really quiet, especially in space. Yeah. Like they really emphasize how much of a vacuum you're in. And when that was happening, you could. Oh my God, the screen next to us was playing Bohemian Rhapsody. And it must have been the scene where they were playing uh, We Will Rock You at (laughs) Wembley Stadium. And it was, it just drowned the movie out. I was was like, well, you can't, 
I can't focus on Ryan Gosling going to the moon right now because Freddie Mercury's next door. It sounded excellent. I would go watch it. Have you heard about the cameo in it? No. There's an amazing... Don't tell me anything. Okay. Don't. I won't, I won't spoil it. it. I won't spoil it. it. But there's an amazing cameo in it. Who? And he's a guy that plays one of their early producers. Okay. I've not seen the film either. I just it's read about it. It's probably Dave Grohl, isn't it? I, but <laughs> brilliant cameo. Uh, and nice one. You see it. It'll make sense when you see it. Okay, moving on. Uh, my next news story. I've got director Martin Scorsese is officially reuniting with Leonardo DiCaprio for a new true crime drama, Killers of the Flower Moon. Wow. Next Scorsese. They've not, that's the first time they've been together since 2013's with Wall Street. And it's a true story drama. That was 2013. I'm going to double Jeez, check oh. what this is because I had the synopsis up, but I've lost it. I'm getting too sexy already. Mm-hmm. Gotten too sexy. Jamie's going to look up some stuff on the internet, on the web. He's using Google Chrome. He's on his MacBook and he's looking up stuff. He's Your internet stuff. is slow. This is my internet. It's really slow because I've used it all in Red Dead. <laughs> yeah, I think it's running slowly because... Okay, so uh, Killers of the Flower and Moon, uh, the new Scorsese film of DiCaprio at the helm. Uh, it's based on a book by David Gran. Um, and the book investigates a series of murders of wealthy Osage people that took place in Osage County, Oklahoma in the early 1920s after big oil deposits were discovered beneath their land. Um, officially, the count of the murdered fool... The count of the murdered full-blood wealthy Osage Native Americans reached to at least 20. The Grand suspects the hundreds more were killed because of their ties to oil. The book reports Cattleman William Hale as the mastermind standing behind the murders and presents detailed evidence. Sounds gritty. Sounds intense. And I can see uh, Scorsese taking it really seriously. And DiCaprio taking it really seriously. Yeah. I love him for that second Oscar. Yeah, I love a, <laughs> I love a Scorsese... Um, DiCaprio team up. They did what? Yeah, Gangs of New York. They did uh, Wall the, Street. The, the Padded. The Padded. The Padded. Which is apparently a terrible movie. Not a terrible movie. Who, who is it? That it's brilliant. Nick Scarpino. Nick Scarpino it. thinks yeah. it's a terrible movie. <laughs> no, it's a brilliant movie. Do you know the the theory of the exes and the Departed? Oh, uh, like yeah. It foreshadows everyone's yeah, death. Yeah. So in every scene before someone dies in the Departed, you see an ex. There's an ex behind them somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and then they die. It's, it's a Except really Mark good movie. Wahlberg. Except Mark Wahlberg. Hey, he donkey. He gets away. You see my movie, Departed? Hey, I'm from Boston. You try my hamburgers? Boston. Say hello to your mother for me, all right? <laughs> yeah. I like Marky Mark. Marky Mark. Hey, I think we just found a Transformer. Hey, you remember my band, The Funky Bunch? <laughs> good vibrations. Hey, I work Calvin Klein's. Do you work Calvin Klein's? I work Calvin Klein's. Say hello to your mother for me, all right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So Martin Scorsese, DiCaprio, good team up. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Marky Mark was lucky you know? he got. I'm not sure. It's, it's just been announced, so I doubt uh, it's going to okay. be released in the next 2021 or something. Yeah, three or four years. Um, moving on. Last news story I've got here, uh, just to round it off, some Star Wars news. Yay! The Boba Fett movie. Um, that uh, what's his name? James Mangold. I think he was rumored to direct it. The guy that did the Wolverine. Uh, yeah. No, um, this Logan. is the Mandalorian one, right? No, no, no. So there was a movie in the works that was oh, going to be about right. Boba Fett. Uh, it's now 100% dead. <laughs> Kathleen Ke- yeah, Kathleen Kennedy came out on, on the record and uh, told it to a journalist who came out and said, yep, Kathleen Kennedy stole me. Uh, the Boba Fett movie is 100% dead because Lucasfilm 
are 100% focused on developing The Mandalorian, which is jo- oh. uh, uh, John Favreau's the TV, uh, show. TV show. Yeah. I, I think I feel better about that. So do I. I don't think I ever <laughs> need to know more about Boba Fett. Solo, I don't want to be like, where did Boba Fett get his name from? Where did he get his helmet from? Do you want to know something? I don't care. Do you want to know something scandalous? Yeah. Tell our listeners how I feel about Star Wars right now. How do you feel about Star Wars right now? Have I enjoyed Star Wars up till now? No. Did I say I would never watch Solo? Yes. Yeah, I watched Solo last week. Oh, sell out. <laughs> and you know what? I watched it and I was like, you know what? It's okay. But I don't don't want to like it. No. Like there are parts there's too much in, in there that I didn't need to know. There are part it's a good movie. But spoiler alert, it's at just, the end, the Darth Maul cameo. <laughs> unnecessary. What, if they you, were gonna bring him back it's even more unnecessary. Well, this is the thing. He's been back in the cartoons for a long time. Okay, everyone over the age of twelve, if you're watching those cartoons, you're yeah. an idiot. No one out no but over the age no one over the age of twelve watches those cartoons. But r- what really annoyed me more was it should have been the cameo of Darth Maul twist. But then he goes, he goes and gets his lightsaber out and switches it on. Yeah. Why? Odd. So Why odd. do you do that? And his lightsaber's now got one of those, uh, an addition onto the handle that yeah. I've never seen. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. Bad. Bad. That's bad. Um, like at the very end, like the double crossing, everyone gets double crossed, what? then double crosses again, then double crosses again. The get bloody maverick. I don't like, I like the Kessel run. There wasn't enough Lando in it. I loved I love Childish Did you like Gambino. His Billy D. Williams impression? Yeah, I love Childish Gambino's ongoing impression of Billy D. Williams. What a guy. Han. Han. Hey, Han. Uh, but yeah, glad we're not getting a Boba Fett movie, especially because I reckon it'd be in the same vein as Solo. Yeah. And I don't need to know more about Boba Fett. I think Disney are starting to learn from their mistakes. Um, Kathleen well, Kennedy. What I do hope put though, in the ground, please. is that the Obi Wan movie is still happening. Or is in the works because no. If you McGregor comes back, that would be great. You mm. McGregor was the best thing about the prequels. Yeah, and he should have been the main focus of the prequels, not Anakin. I think should have been his story. That being said, they've made their mistakes. They can't fix it. The there was an Obi Wan movie in the works. I don't think. I think they've shelved it indefinitely until all the sales. Guess what? Shelve it for another ten years. You McGregor will be the age he should be as Obi Wan if he wants to play. Yeah. That again. Yeah. So totally. do that. Yeah. I think do that. That's a good thing. Make us wait. Make us let. Make us want. White beard. Make us want it more. Um, yeah, that's our news. That's our news. That's our news. Kept it short and sweet this week because we had so many last week. Yes, we did. We had a the, lot, and we went into a lot. We had two mm. other voices, but we also breath went of fresh air. Just the two of us this week. Yeah, yeah, it's quite yeah. relaxing. If you uh, if like the extra voices on the podcast, listeners out there, let us know. Tweet Rory at tweet me at Rory Kid R U A R I D H K I D D. Or tweet me at Poncho Jock. Um, let me know if you want more guests. Or Gregor, if, if you want to, sorry, if you want to tweet the pod itself, go to Twitter at Kiddlehood. Yeah, and let true. us know if you want Cam back on the pod or Gregor, or if you would like to come on the pod and let us know why. What, what will you bring to the table? We like having a third chair. We're literally clutching at straws. We might actually have to bring our little sister in one episode. Yeah, she's leaving soon, so. We need to talk Disney. Yeah. Talk, talk some Disney cartoons. Talk about some Disney stuff. And Gregor told me he's never coming back on because uh, he had a horrible time on the podcast. Good. Good. Don't like him anyway. What a dick. Uh, right, Rory, our big topic this week. Um, as of the time this podcast posts on the 30th of October, October. Uh, Halloween will be tomorrow. So we thought, what? let's do a scary movie section. Scary. And then you and Cam went, no, no, I don't like scary movies. I'm a little bitch. 
So I've compromised, okay? Yep. Our topic this week is Halloween films for those that don't like scary films. All right. All right. My favorite. Now, <laughs> I've made a list of films and I've said, hey, listen, try your best to watch some of these. I think you have watched most of them. Anyway. I've watched a couple. I've watched them all, but recently I, I rewatched a couple. Good. I think you rewatched the first one. The first one we have on our list, we've got six or seven films on our list here. We'll go through them. We'll do a little bit of the synopsis, have a back and forth about what they're like, and some trivia. Our first movie on the list is Ghostbusters, 1984's Ghostbusters. Have you seen it? Yes, I saw it yesterday. Thoughts? Love it. What a movie. Brilliant film. Great, funny movie. <laughs> um, I, I read into this for the podcast, trying to find more about the production of it and, and how the writing came about of it. I'll go into detail here. But it's a, a really interesting film, how it came to be. Really? About how it was um, a, 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 sp- a spin-off of the Saturday Night Live cast at the time. I know that it was. I know that Dan Aykroyd and uh, Bill Murray and all those guys are in the Saturday Night Live group. Did you know... It was a, a sketch. Yeah. Did you know Harold Ramis wasn't supposed to have a leading role and that the role of Winston was supposed to be played by Eddie Murphy? That makes a lot of but sense. But Eddie Murphy turned it down, and therefore they wrote the, the, the role smaller because Eddie Murphy wasn't going to be in it anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. And did he do it? Did he do Beverly Hills Cop instead? I don't know why he <laughs> said no to it. It came out in 1984, so it must have been very early on in his career. Yeah. Eddie Murphy. Um, right, I've got synopsis. I'll read, the, I'll read the synopsis for the film if those who are listening need a recommendation for a good Halloween film. Peter Venkman, Ray Stance, and Egon Spengler work at Columbia University. There are uh, there the uh, drive into general paranormal and fiddle with many unethical experiments on their students. They are eventually kicked out of the university, where they eventually understand the science behind the paranormal and go into business for themselves. Under the business name of Ghostbusters, and living and working in a firehouse, they are called on to rid New York City of the growing paranormal phenomenon at everyone's whim, but for a price. They make national presses, the media reports, and Ghostbusters. Um, the the press then labels them as the reason why New York is now being played by ghosts. They're eventually thrown in jail. The mayor takes a chance on them and then calls them to save the city because, unbeknownst to them, a long dead gozer worshiper has erected a downtown apartment building in New York, which is the cause of all the paranormal activity. Where did you get the synopsis from? Yeah, it's mismatched and mangled, isn't it? It's very wrong. That was IMDb. Really? Yeah. Ah, well. My my takeaway from it is they are lecturers in a university. Lecturers, loosely. Yeah. Doctors, scientists, lecturers at university. Yeah. They get kicked out because of they they realize their funding that they're giving them, they're not doing anything because they're trying to do paranormal, paranormal stuff. But yeah, the university doesn't believe in them. They Also, Venkman's probably sleeping with the students. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Uh, so they leave. They don't have any money. Dan Aykroyd then sells his mum and dad's house. Yeah, he remortgages it. Remortgages the yeah, house yeah. to buy this old firehouse in New York City. Yeah. And they... They go into business for themselves. They go into business for themselves. They, they know. They know at the beginning the of the film, they, at the beginning of the film, they know ghosts exist. Yeah. They just need to prove it. Yeah. Um, because they have that interaction with the dead librarian yeah. in the library, which is an iconic scene. Good, good scene. What I noticed a lot about this movie is it's full of montages. Yeah. So when they when they get the firehouse montage of them getting their gear and their yeah. car and their equipment and all their money and their secretary. So you find out that they put all the ghosts in the basement in this specialized container. Containment facility. Yeah. So the reason that they get put in jail and talk end up talking to the mayor 
is because like government he- uh, environmental health guy yeah. with the last name Peck, a lot of penis Walter jokes. Walter Peck. A lot of penis jokes. A lot That's of penis jokes. Uh, Pecker. <laughs> Pecker. Uh, he comes in and goes, oh, it's bad for the environment. Switches it off. All the ghosts are released. Yeah. And then she hits the fan. They've got to go round them up. Yeah. But unbeknownst to them, there is this uh, apartment block downtown that was uh, designed and built by a Gozer worshipper, which is almost like a um, cult, a, an electrical antennae for the paranormal. And Peter Venkman, Bill Murray's love interest, who play, who's played Sigourney by Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Sorry, this film it stars Bill Murray. Dan Aykroyd, Hannah Ramis, and Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver lives in the building and ends up getting possessed by one of the demons West that lives Penthouse in it. Suite. And it's up to the boys to go save her and save the city, which they uh, promptly do. Yes. Um, and I, I guess I was younger when I saw this in- initially, but very short ending. Quick quick call back to last week, because I think we actually got the VAH cassettes of these, one and two, Ghostbusters one and two, the, on Christmas Day when we got the Nintendo. You think? Yeah, I remember this. I've got a memory of it. I won't say what age we were because <laughs> apparently I don't know what ages probably we were in the three. past. Um, probably three years old. Uh, when we got the Nintendo, Dad put Ghostbusters. Dad got way more excited over Ghostbusters, and Dad put Ghostbusters on in the the lounge before the the house was open plan. And we set up the Nintendo in the living room. You and me were, no way. I'm playing the I'm playing the Nintendo all morning on Christmas morning. And Dad really wanted us to watch Bill Murray and the Ghostbusters. We didn't. And to this yeah. day... I Still wish. the same. Still, Still the same. same. Still the same. Great movie, though. Want to know some trivia? Go for it. Okay. Almost none of the scenes were filmed as scripted. And in fact, almost all the scenes had at least one or two ad-libs. Most of Bill, Murray li- Bill Murray's lines was ad-libbed or improvised. I can believe that. Yeah. Because a lot of Bill Murray's lines seem just... Adlib, like just go yeah, back. Ad-lib. Go back to the point where he's talking about Pecker, Peckerwood, yeah. or yes, it's correct. This man has no penis. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Even the part where they're in the library and they're talking, they're trying to, they find the the mucus from yeah. the ghost. They tell Venkman, or they tell, is it Venkman? Yeah, Venkman yeah, yeah, to collect a sample. And there's just him, this well, this scene of him collecting a sample where it gets on his hand and he goes, Aah! and he flicks it yeah. and it goes in his eye and he's oh, like, son of, a, son of a, and he keeps wiping it on the books and it goes in his shoe. That whole, th- it's so good. It looked so real because it probably well, was. Yeah, he's a comedian. He's and very good. Off the back of all the, all the stand-up and improvis- improvisation he must have to do at the time on Saturday Night Live, it yeah. played into it massively. Yeah. Cool, cool movie. Really funny movie. Well, actually, I've, I've told you the Eddie Murphy line. So, Eddie Murphy accepted accepted the role of Winston. Uh, the character was actually meant to appear in more of the film. Um, he was half, he he was to have joined the team much earlier, and it would have been him who was slimed in the hotel. Uh, when Murphy declined the role, the script was rewritten to have Winston appear later on halfway through, and then Venkman got slimed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, the firehouse, the famous firehouse, which yeah. also features in which we've been to. Yeah, we've been to, and it's, it's in, in Spider-Man. Spider-Man. We've played it in Spider-Man. The firehouse used is actually two different firehouses in the movie, uh, from two different cities. So the exterior is New York City, yeah, uh, while the interior is downtown Los Angeles. Oh, wow. uh, apparently, the Los Angeles firehouse is really popular uh, in films and has been in loads of movies. Wow, yeah. didn't know that. I did not know that. Also, fourth trivia point. Ghostbusters until the release of Home Alone in 1990, 
This was the highest grossing comedy of all time. Wow. There you go, people that don't like scary films. This scary film is a comedy. There you go. Highest grossing since until 1990. God damn, Kevin McAllister getting in the way. Love it. That's good. So, good film. Would you recommend it? Very good film. I would recommend it. What about the second one? Would I think it's still, it still stands. Still oh, absolutely. stands on its own. I absolutely love this film. Yeah. Like, we listen to a lot of Kind of Funny. Greg Miller obsessed with this. Yeah, He's super into the Ghostbusters game that's just come out. On yeah, that looks garbage. I'm not going to lie. I but downloaded it. It's it's like a better Pokemon Go. Mm. You've got more to do, but nah. I'm over that, to be honest. I'm not into it. I love Ghostbusters. I don't need to play a game to justify yeah. it in my life. Um, Dress up as one for a home. Did you like the second one? I did like the second one. I didn't watch the second one, but I remember like liking the oh, second the one. Day. The second one's a bit different. Um, I read, so it came, the second one came out in 1989, five years after. And in that five years, the cartoon, The Real Ghostbusters, came out. Oh, yeah. And it kind of comic- comically portrayed the characters more to kids. And the, car- the cartoon was super uh, popular with kids. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it toned everything down. So when they brought out the new film, and they're right in the new film, they toned down all the jokes. Apparently, there's no scenes of them smoking cigarettes. There's no swearing. Uh, Janine looks the way she looks because that's the way she looks in the cartoon. Oh, she's uh, got like a hairdo and stuff. Yeah. And they put a lot more focus on slapstick comedy yeah. other than like, uh, like ver- verbal comedy <laughs> and dick jokes. Yeah. Which, and Bill Murray came out saying like, yeah, he was really disappointed with it like, because it, he feels like it wasn't what the Ghostbusters was. Yeah. And people kind of agree. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I remember thinking back Bloody at the time. kids. When we watched it, we were kids. I remember thinking, oh, I love the second one. It's, it's, it's way better. I was a kid at the time. In hindsight, I look back and think the first one is untouchable. Yeah. Yeah. I'll need to watch the second one and get my opinion on this. It's the one with Vigo. Vigo! Vigo! He likes your baby. He wants to steal your child. Um, what's his baby oh, called? Oh, Dana, Max? you got a little fluff on your, on your, your um, thing. I'm a paint. I'm an art dealer. Collector. Yeah, it's a weird, Man. weird, possessed. Love it. Creepy art dealer. Don't cross the streams. All right. Second film on my list that we should talk about. This is one of your favorites, I think. It's one of my favorites. What We Do in the Shadows, 2014's What We Do in the Shadows. This film stars Jermaine Clement, Taika Waititi, and Corey Gonzalez-Mosser. This was also written and directed by Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi of Thor Ragnarok fame. Love a bit of Taika. And Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords. Flight of the Concords. I'm not crying. Just an inflammation in my tear gland. Yeah, this is a brilliant film. Great film. So it's about vampires in Wellington, in New Zealand. Yes. Right, synopsis goes. <laughs> Honestly, if you want a really, really funny Halloween film, you need to watch this. Following the lives of Viago, no, what's that, Viago? Viago. Viago, Deacon, and Vladislav. <laughs> Three flatmates who are just trying to get by and overcome life's obstacles, like being immortal vampires who must feast on human blood. Hundreds of years old, the vampires are finding that beyond sunlight catastrophes, hitting the main artery and not being able to get a sense of their wardrobe without a reflection modern, without, without a reflection, sorry. Modern society has them struggling with the mundane, like paying rent, keeping up with the chore, keeping up with the chore wheel and trying to get into nightclubs and overcoming flatmate conflicts. So the last point there reminds me of the movie immediately when they're at the nightclub and famously, vampires need to be invited into a room, <laughs> a room for them yeah. to actually be allowed to go in. So when they're queuing up for the club and the bouncer goes, 
Okay. I'm like, no, you you need to. You must in. invite me in. You must invite me in. <laughs> Why? <laughs> they just he, the bouncer won't do it, and he's trying to try, trying to convince him to do it. So they just end up leaving. But the humor, I'm, I watched this with Hannah as well at one point, and Hannah spent a lot of time in in Australia. Uh, she was. This is like so on the nose. Uh, uh, like Kiwi Kiwi, Kiwi humor, yeah. proper Kiwi humor. Very very funny. Taika Waititi is very dry. Yeah. Um. The uh, Jermaine Clement, obviously, if you if you've watched any of Flight the Concord stuff, their comedy is very very witty, very dry. Like it, it goes back to the, remember the episode of Flight the Concords where uh, Brett's really hungover and Jermaine thinks he's got um, what's it called for your bulimic? He thinks he's a bulimic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I heard you being bulimic <laughs> in the bathroom. Brett, do you want to talk about this? Like, and I, I, that's, that's a mental dis- disorder. Yes. Like. You were being bulimic in the bathroom. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it, Brit? I think, yeah, I think it's like, I love how on the nose this is and how mockumentary style it is. Yeah. Because so look- they interview Taika Waititi's character yeah. quite a lot because he's like the responsible flatmate. Tri- bit of trivia, which is part five. I'll go back to my trivia straight away. But Taika Waititi based, based his performance on his mother. <laughs> Jermaine Clement based his on Gary Oldman from Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's amazing. <laughs> um, this isn't doing the, the movie justice. It's, it's super, super funny. Um, I'm trying to think of like... And if there's a sequel from it as well. Well, I don't know if it's in the works. No, I, I think it was made. I've got it in here. So I thought it was already made. The se- so there's a part in the film where uh, the vampires are patrolling... Uh, Wellington, and they bump into got Murray. Uh, Murray, what's Murray what? from Flight of the Concords. The, the manager, he manages the, manager. the band. Murray, present, present, present. Roll call. And uh, Murray is the head of a like a werewolf, a pack. werewolf pack. <laughs> and uh, before they turn into wolves, uh, they bump into each other on the street, and it's almost like seeing it's, it's like, like a Twilight, scene. or like a scene out of Greece or something, where like <laughs> they bump into like the rival gang on the streets, and they kind of face off. Yeah, but like they obviously take the piss totally. And one of them swears, and Murray turns around and goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, boys! <laughs> We're werewolves, not swearwolves." <laughs> oh, it's so good. So the werewolves, apparently, they have there. Well, at least there's talk of a spin-off movie in the works called "What We Do in the Moonlight," which will follow the wolf pack. I really hope that gets made. Yeah, yeah. I love Murray. I love Reese. I can't remember his last name, but his first name is Reese. He's good. He's pretty much the same character in everything that he plays, but he's great in. Yes, man, with Jim Carrey. He's great in Flight of the Concords, and he's great in this. I love him. I think he's really funny. This is probably one of my favorite films on this list. I'll, I'll go into the trivia really quickly. Um, about 125 hours of footage was shot, most of which was improvised from the cast. The process of editing that down took 90 minute, uh, to a 90-minute movie took almost a year for Taika Waititi and Jermaine. Jesus. So when you look at it, the majority of the <laughs> the majority of what they say in there is improvised. Yeah, like the scene where he's on eBay bidding. What's this? The line go? It's in Shouldn't. the trailer where he goes, "What are you bidding on?" Oh, I need to go back and look at it. It's a teapot. So off the back of the 125 hours of footage they actually shot, Jermaine and Taika wrote 150 pages of actual script, but they actually chose not to show it to a single person involved in the film, both crew and cast. The reason was to keep things spontaneous and actors to be surprised by the events unfolding before their so eyes. Good. So they were making a mockumentary style film, but they also didn't want anyone knowing what was going on. So they had to improvise <laughs> so it in character. Were 
fro- like genuine. Yeah, exactly. So like the <laughs> fights they have and like the uh, the conflicts and <laughs> all the interactions with uh, what's the guy that that joins the the crew? The human? he's an Australian guy. Oh, I've got a fact about him as well. He's actually he's the only one that's Stu. not Kiwi. Stu yeah, is so, an Australian who's yeah. there like the man who plays holiday. the man who plays Stu is not an actor but really Stu Rutherford, a part-time business analyst from Wellington Company, Wan Walks. Lam Walks. He was hired for the film under the impression that he'd be working on computers and that he if he did play a part in the film he'd be in the background. That's so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's the main one. That's why he looks so socially awkward when he's oh. never any scene he's like should I should I be here? Should I say anything? I'm not sure. That's why he doesn't say anything. No script. He's given no lines. <laughs> That's so good. That is so clever. Brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. Oh. Taika Waititi just trolling people. I need to watch that. Trolling again. his cast. That's amazing. Uh, what else have I got? Um, I think that's all my. Yeah, that's all my trivia. Go see it. What a Halloween comedy to see. Yeah. Two two comedies in a row. Uh, if you want to recommend more from Taika as well, like you, I go see it. Hunt for the Wilder People is really funny. Um, that's based on the walk about a walkabout in New Zealand. Oh a little kid, the little kid is in the little kid's the guy who plays the little kid in Deadpool Two. Oh, Fire Fist. Yeah, Fire Fist. <laughs> he's really funny in it as well. Yeah, he's, he's really, really funny in that movie. And uh, Eagle versus Shark. Yeah, that's the Eagle Jermaine Clement one as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So some some good recommendations there from Taika Waititi. Obviously Thor Ragnarok. If you've not seen it, that ju- that I mean oh, the whole the whole Jeff Goldblum scenes and uh, they're ad libbed as well. I proper ad libbed. Yeah. Proper. Because there's one scene in in the, with Jeff Goldblum where he's 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 saying something, and then he just stops. He just stops halfway. Said yeah, mid sentence. I think I'm gonna you see Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston look at each other going, <laughs> yeah. oh, is, yeah. that, is he gonna continue or not? I'm not sure. What continue uh, with the scene? Whatever. It's so well done. It is really and well Taika Waititi obviously is Korg. I'm Korg. I'm Korg. I'm um, made of rocks. I'm about to start a revolution. Would you like to join? Get away, ghost. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Next film on my list is Beetlejuice, 1988's Beetlejuice. Uh, this film stars Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Michael Keaton, and was directed by the gothic man himself, Tim Burton. Hit or miss, Tim Burton. I like yeah, and I don't. I agree with you. I mean, I feel like we're doing a Halloween list for full of films that aren't too scary. Yeah. Or saying that, that scary. when I first saw this movie, shat myself. Yeah, but I think at that point when we saw it as kids, we couldn't differentiate between what looked scary and what was actually scary. Yeah. Because things looked scary in this yeah. film. But this, the film itself was... It's a comedy. Uh, yeah, a very dark comedy. Yeah. So the synopsis of the story goes, Adam and Barbara are a normal couple who dot, 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 happen to be dead. Uh, they have given their precious time to decorate their, their precious dead time to decorate their house and make it their own. But unfortunately, a family is moving into their old house and not very quietly. Adam and Barbara try to scare them out of the house, uh, but end up becoming the main attraction to the money-making family. Uh, they call upon Beetlejuice to help them get rid of the family, but Beetlejuice has more in mind than just helping. Do you remember how to summon Beetlejuice? You have to say Beetlejuice's name three times. Beetlejuice. 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 Oh, no, no. Ah! <laughs> oh, God. Well, Michael it's, Keaton will come in. <laughs> Michael Keaton's not here yet. Uh, I like this film. I, I, I saw this we, I saw this when we were kids. Like, yeah. kids, kids. I like it now. When I was a kid, I did not enjoy this movie. Um, it was, a, I mean, it's a proper, proper Tim Burton. Like, Danny yeah. Elfman, weird theme tune. Uh, little creepy. You can see where... He was probably high. 
probably high, probably re- no, well, an LSD. Tim, and all Tim Burton things. is a weird guy, a and weird this is guy. this is this is what got on the gig for Batman as well. Um, and Michael Keaton's performance helped get in Batman too. Um, but so many weird tropes. You know the visuals, like the stripy visuals, the stripy suit he wears. So Tim Burton, very yeah. Jack Skeleton, very yeah. all that kind of crap. Um, and I'm not a massive Tim Burton fan. I love the Batman films he did. Um, like I like his gothic style, but it is you're right, it's hit and miss. Yeah, I like it though. I like this film. Do you want some trivia? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the original the original script was a horror film, a full on horror film, and featured Beetlejuice as a winged reptilian demon who transformed into a small middle Middle Eastern man to interact with the Maitlands and the and the, and the family that who had moved in. Oh wow! So it was going to be a full on horror movie. That's weird. Yeah. I kind of I think he. I think he's more scary the way he looks now because he's he looks so human. Dark. He's yeah. dark, yeah. He's got that weird mold in his hair. Tim Burton apparently gave um, Michael Keaton direction on the character. He said, your character is infinity years old, but he's also just been born. Therefore, he knows everything and he knows nothing. And Michael Ke- that was the direction Michael Keaton was given. And Michael wow. Keaton was like, what? What do I do with that? So that's why he's so kooky. He did it, what? Hey. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. Um, you got another one. So again, another kind of comedy trope that seems to be popping up in, in all these movies. Michael Keaton ad-libbed many of his lines. And wow. all, a lot of it was improvised. Um, and it's, it shows as well. Like, I think the funnier of the film is, a lot of it must have been on the nose. Yeah. And, and very, very spontaneous. We need to watch it again and keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Third point, the movie's box office success created plans for a sequel. Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Is on. there not a second one coming out now, no, though? Uh, uh, no, yeah, uh, there was talk, but this is it. Right. Um, right. The script was commissioned, and Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder both signed on to reply to their roles. Tim Burton lost interest in the project and went on to direct Batman 1989 and Batman Returns. Um, as late as 2015, Warner Brothers was still trying to get the original script concept into production, but it's never happened. And I checked this in the news on the way over here. Yeah, it's dead. It's not happening. Uh. Michael Keaton's too old for it now. Oh no, uh, I wouldn't say that. No, Winona Ryder plays the role, and it would be Winona Ryder's riding high yeah, off Stranger she's Things. She's mental now. She'd be totally up for it. She's riding high off Stranger Things. She's busy. I love that show. Yeah, are they doing a third? Yeah, it's out next summer. Oh, is it? Yeah, I mean, th- Stranger Things used to really lean into like this time of year, the Halloween kind of time of year. This is a wee Halloween TV show for you. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't movie. watched Stranger Things, where the hell have you been for the last two years? No, um, no, this one's going to be based in the summer. It's coming out next summer, 2019. Um, and it's taking tropes from like, uh, I think it's going to take closer tropes as um, uh, Stephen King's books like Stand By Me, which is about four kids. Oh, right. Okay. In the summer, going to find a dead body. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Fuck. <laughs> cool. Stranger, Stranger Things is great. And Winona Ryan yeah. is great in that. And she's also great in that as well. And uh, Beetlejuice as well. Fourth point of Beetlejuice, along with Spaceballs, big. And Caddyshack 2, uh, Beetlejuice is notably is very notable for containing F-bombs in the film, uh, in a film that's rated PG or PG-13. Wow, I didn't know that. One of the very few films that has like the F-bomb. Just dropping an F-bomb in there. Yeah. Michael Keaton. Cheeky, isn't he? Yeah. Probably ad-lib, that's why. Good movie. I'm going to go watch it again soon because we've, I saw it on the list and I need to watch it again. And yeah, no, now that a, we've spoken about a, it. It's a good Halloween film to watch that's not going to scare the pants off you. Yeah, and I think with the age I'm at now, 
you can tell that it's all plasticine. <laughs> yeah, I told a lot of people at work today, like, oh, we're doing a Halloween episode. And they're like, oh, this might be the one I won't listen to because I don't like scary films. It's like, aha, this is where you're wrong. Like, this is actually perfect. Little, this is perfect for you. Yeah. Are you all enjoying it? Leave a like if you are. To be honest, I've been, I've, I've, been, I've been having good fun the last two or three weeks watching very, very scary films. I have not. I watched A Quiet Place last week after Cam's recommendation. Oh, yeah. More more suspense than... Very suspenseful. The yeah. monsters in it are gross. I've not seen it yet. Very gross. Um, but yeah, man, that's a great film. That's a... that's that's Was a, it written by John Krasinski? Yeah, written and directed by John Krasinski. That's a masterclass in suspense. Yeah. I, I mean, if you want to... If you want to... I mean, segue. If you want a really good scary film, such suspense film, go watch that. Oh, okay. Really good film. Watch it on your own. Yeah. <laughs> no, watch it on your own because uh, in the middle it's of so, the day, it's so quiet with the lights on. I'm, I'm not not to give anything away. It's called a quiet place because you're not to speak in it. Yeah. The hashtag danger. Um. Yeah. Go watch on your own because you don't want any distractions. Okay. Uh, moving on, the fourth film I've got on our list is 2009's Zombieland. This is the only movie on this list that I have not seen. You've not seen Zombieland? No. Really? It didn't look good. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's funny. You know? It's very funny. It's, it's also Woody got... Harrelson. It's also got an amazing cameo in it that uh, harkens back to one of the movies we've already talked about. Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters. Really? Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. The synopsis goes... Well, this this film stars Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, and Woody Harrelson. And it was directed by Ruben Fleischer. So the synopsis goes... In the early 21st century, zombies have taken over America. A shy, inexperienced college student in Texas has survived by following his 30 rules, such as look in the back seat, double tap, avoid public restrooms, etc. He decides to travel to Ohio to see if his parents are alive. He gets a ride with a boisterous, zombie-hating good old boy headed for Florida. That's Woody Harrelson. And soon they confront a young woman, uh, Emma Stone, whose sister has been bitten by a zombie and wants to be put out of her misery. The sisters were headed to LA to an amusement park where they've heard zombie, uh, it's a zombie-free area and they can go to the, the theme park and have fun before her sister dies. Um, can the kid from Ohio get get to his family? Can he not? And what about Rule 31? I can't remember what Rule 31 is. But this is really... <laughs> so like the whole film was devised around a TV show. It was going to be a TV show. Huh. And it was going to be a really heavy comedy, comedy TV show, almost like kind of parallel the walking dead i think right and this kid has like 30 rules for how to survive a zombie apocalypse and like each episode would be each rule yeah or whatever. like one, one of the one of his rules is make sure you do your stretches so that you can outrun a zombie and there's <laughs> scenes where like he's doing jumping jacks so that he can outrun zombies and there's rules where make sure you've always got equipment with you and he's got like a golf bag with um a baseball bats and stuff in it <laughs> very much like uh, the guy from teenage mutant, the teenage mutant ninja turtles what's his name Raphael. no Oh, Casey Jones. Casey Jones. Casey Jones. Really fun. No, it's really fun. That's Jesse Eisenberg. And this See, is... I don't like Jesse Eisenberg. See, this film's though. predating Jesse Eisenberg and Emma Stone's Oscar nods. It's early. So right. this is before oh, they get okay. way too big for their boots. Fair enough. And this is before Jesse Eisenberg gets weird. <laughs> and Woody Harrelson's amazing in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Good it's actor. Very good actor. I like actor. Woody Harrelson. You know, his uh, dad was like an assassin. Yeah, his dad was like, he's a famous man in jail for like murdering people. Yeah, he was like a real <laughs> yeah. legit assassin, like gun for hire. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. What happened to Woody, Woody Harrelson? He I mean, became an actor. <laughs> still, the best thing he has ever done is uh, True Detective season one. I still need to see it. I hate you. Um, okay, so some trivia. 
Woody Harrelson, his dad might have been a assassin, but he is a little pothead. Uh, Woody Harrelson nice. was arrested for marijuana possession during filming, which delayed shooting for a day. That's incredible. I did not know yeah. that. Good one, Woody Harrelson, for smoking too much weed and getting arrested. <laughs> uh, trivia point number two. Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze was offered a cameo role as a zombie before his cancer was diagnosed. Um, That's sad. His scene would have parodied other Swayze movies like Ghost and Dirty Dancing. Um, zombie cameo roles that were also offered to people were Joe Pesci, Mark Hamill, Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Bacon, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and Matthew McConaughey. All, all right. right, all right, all right. I love Matthew McConaughey. No, but um, I think they turned it down because they got someone even better to do it. Is this, are you about to tell us? So point three. Point three goes into it, but the, the cameo in it. Spoiler, if you haven't seen this film from 2009, almost 10 years ago, uh, they when they get to LA, because they do a road trip across the country, uh, they go into Beverly Hills to like basically see how the other half live, because none of them have lived in mansions before. Right. And they're rocking up, they're rocking up in like this, the Hummer that was stolen, and they, they find like all these famous people's houses, and they come across Bill Murray's house. Cool. And Bill Murray has this like gold-plated plaque on his front door. And there's like gate going up to his driveway. It's like Bill Murray. And Woody Harrelson's like, no, we need to go in this house. This guy's a, a comedy saint. I need to see where he lived. <laughs> and they go in and uh, Bill Murray's still alive in his house. He's not been hit by a zombie. <laughs> and he survived by, by making his own rule book. And rule number one, dress up like a zombie so that the zombies don't know you're, you're not a zombie. So they go in and Bill Murray's like decrayed and decrepit and decaying everywhere and they freak out he's like oh no wait I'm, 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 I'm still I'm real <laughs> I'm sorry and like they befriend Bill Murray for a wee while that's amazing I can't remember I can't remember how he dies one of them's not there in the room who kills well, him they think, think he's an I actual think Jesse zombie. Eisenberg accidentally kills him because he walks in thinking he's a zombie and he kills him <laughs> and Woody Harrelson's totally gutted and he's like <laughs> what you just killed my hero <laughs> that's awesome yeah, and they have like a whole Ghostbusters scene where he's like, "Can we, can we get out the the proton packs?" He's like, "Yeah, I've got them, <laughs> got them in the back." Yeah, that's so good. Um, so yeah, point three. There's an additional scene after the credits, uh, an outtake with Bill Murray and, and Tallahassee, who's uh, Woody Harrelson. So they have like a little outtake. Is that his yeah. name in his the name movie? Tallahassee. Right? Yeah. Uh, and point four, director Ruben Fleischer has said that he was inspired to make this um, because of Shaun of the Dead in 2004. No way. Which is a great segue. Speaking of Shaun of the Dead. On to my next film, which is... Day of the Dead. Hot Fuzz. Oh, okay. No, no, it's, it's Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, it's Shaun of the Dead. What a movie. 2004's Shaun of the Dead. 2004? Yeah, 2004. So this film, if you haven't seen it, you're an idiot. It stars um, Simon Pegg and... Not Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright directed it. Nick Frost. Nick Frost. So Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Edgar Wright directed it. It's the first film in the Cornetto trilogy. Love it. Do you know the Cornetto trilogy? Yes. What's the Cornetto trilogy? Cornetto trilogy is originally Dead, uh, Dead, uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yep. Hot Fuzz. Yep. And this is the no. The World's End. The World's End. Yeah, that PubCorp movie. Yeah. Which wasn't as good as the other. Isn't as good as the other two. Um. Yeah. It's called the Cornetto trilogy because in every film there's a scene where someone uh, eats. Nick, a I think Cornetto. it's. I think it's just Nick Frost. Eats a Cornell. Well, they both do in Shaun of the Dead. Oh, so they do. Yeah. Um, great scene in Hot Fuzz over Nick Frost eats the Cornell and gets a brain freeze. Brain oh, brain freeze. Um, I, um, I love this film. I actually, great film. this is controversial. I actually prefer Hot Fuzz in the Cornell trilogy. 
I think I th- yeah, I would agree. I just I didn't expect Hot Fuzz to be as funny as it is, but it totally takes the piss out of Little Britain. Crusty jugglers. <laughs> you know why they call them the Andes? Because talking to them is an uphill <laughs> That's struggle. That's a one. Uh, the great big bushy big. <laughs> the greater good. The greater good. Anyway, wrong film. We're talking Check about resource. I saw Hot Fuzz at the cinema with my girlfriend at the time when we were teenagers, and we didn't know what we were going to go see. Like, oh, we'll just go to the cinema. It was a Friday night, and we were sixteen. And we walked into the cinema, and I was you totally were fourteen. No, I'm talking about Hot Fuzz. All right, okay. <laughs> we walked in and didn't understand what we we're going to see, and it was like a, the spiritual successor of Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. And I remember laughing my head off, not understanding it was going to be this funny. But Shaun of the Dead also just as funny. So the synopsis, this is a Halloween film. Uh, the synopsis goes, Shaun doesn't have a very good day. So he decides to turn his life around by getting his ex to take him back. But he times it right in the middle of what may be a zombie apocalypse. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, but for him, it's an opportunity to show everyone he knows how useful he is by saving the day. He, and all he has to do is survive and get his ex back and get to the, what's the pub called? The Winchester. The Winchester. And have a pint and sit down while all this blows <laughs> over. Which, I, which is a meme now for anything that <laughs> bad goes, if goes anything wrong. Hit, if the shit hits the fan, it's, it's get this. to the Winchester, have a pint and wait for this to blow over. Have a nice cold pint and wait for all of this to blow over. Pick up mum. Hit, hit. Bill Nye in the head. Uh, it's not Bill Nye. It's, D- it's Dylan Morin. No, it's Bill Nye. It's Bill Nye. His mum's stepdad. So it is. Yeah. <laughs> like watching this film, it, it's one of those like simplistic setup. Not simplistic setups. The relationship between everyone is a real relationship. When you see how Sean and Nick act in the flat together as pals, yeah, that's a real friendship. Yeah, and you know that's that's. You're watching they were authentic. clearly flatmates. Yeah, you're watching it. Well, that's point number one. Um, Sean and Ed's friendship is based on Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's uh, relationship when they shared a flat together. So when you watch them playing PlayStation and eating Cornettos and getting takeaway it's and literally what they did and uh, working dead end jobs and going home and being slobs, that was exactly what it was like for them back when they were living together. Obviously, when they must have been in their twenties when uh, they were doing space together. Yeah. Very funny setup. I love those two together. They're great. There's another one coming out soon as well. Sean of the Dead 2? No, uh, like a Simon Pegg, Nick Frost movie. Oh, is I don't know if it's an Edgar Wright movie, but it's about school kids and there's like monsters that happen. Edgar Wright has this unique style where as yeah. a director, he he knows how to speed up time. Flash cut. Flash cut really quickly, doesn't he? Yeah. And he also knows how to tracking shot as well because there's a really good tracking shot in this he film. where three good tracking shots in all three movies. Where Sean leaves to go get the Cornetto from the shop and as he walks from the front door to the shop, back. Back to the flat. During the zombie apocalypse and he never acknowledges it's happening. Uh, yeah, it's one big tracking shot. Yeah. It's class. And uh, what I enjoy is you see the same shot again at the start of the movie life is fine yeah and he goes to get crisps or whatever and then when he goes to get the cornetto everyone's a zombie and you see you see the same people so the lollipop lady is now a zombie and the cash guy is now as the guy at the corner shop the is now a zombie yeah, yeah. yeah um so what have i got here point number two for trivia uh, nick frost who plays ed allegedly kept his genitals shaved throughout the production to create a genuine need to scratch them in the character as the character demanded that. Oh, man. So part of his direction was, you need to scratch your balls. 
So Nick Frost just shaved his <laughs> balls. balls. Shaved his balls. So he, he diligently needed to scratch them. Wow. It's dedication to the role. Isn't it? Oh, you all right? My beer's finished. Yeah. Is that a request? We don't have any more beer. Do we, we don't. We, that's all the beer. Oh, well. uh, point number three. John and Bernie run the Winchester. These are real names of the landlords and landlady who used to run Simon Pegg's local pub, The Shepherds, in Highgate. Highgate's North London. That's amazing. Uh, John used to make toasted sandwiches for regulars, hence the reference to the, the Breville out back. Pegg and Nick Frost were regular attendees of The Shepherds' Thursday night pub quiz, hence the line, we do the quiz, when Sean is knocking on the Winchester door. And Chris Martin of Coldplay, who plays a zombie in the film, also used to attend the quiz night. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, actually, we've got family up there. You know, uh, uh, Jane and Gary? Yes. They live in Highgate. And, uh, yeah, they always tell me, oh, Chris Martin lives around here. Oh, wow. I wish I'd known that pub existed. Yeah. I would have gone there more. Go there now. Well, yeah, I'm hardly ever in London now, but when I was living in Highgate. Where do our family live now? South London. No, they're in Highgate. They're still in the same place. Alex and Gemma. Oh, no, they're stuff. They're Balham. Yeah. Um, Balham. So yeah, somewhere where Chris, <coughs> Chris Martin is not playing a pub quiz on Thursday nights. Take a drink. <coughs> Good. Yeah, I ate a Dorito too quickly. Uh, point number four. Simon Pegg and Anger, Edgar Wright considered a sequel that would replace zombies with another monster, but decided against it, as they were pleased with the first film as a standalone product and thought too many characters died to continue the story. Uh, the proposed title was From Dust Till Sean. Nice. <laughs> play on From Dust Till good. Dawn, which is another really good film by Quentin Tarantino. That's clever. Clever, isn't I, it? I think I prefer Sean of the Dead. Sean of the Dead's great. Yeah, it's, it's a little better. But again, From Dust Till Sean is yeah, also very, very it's good. Very, Dust Till Dawn, very good movie, starring... Uh, George. George Clooney. Oh, uh, no, Tarantino didn't direct it, but he's in it. He's in it. Yeah. He might right? have directed it, did he? Yeah. He just likes star- he likes cameoing in his own movies. I should know that. That's annoying. That I don't and his know character that. has a weird fetish for feet. Yeah, he does. That is creepy. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, George Clooney's brilliant. That that film takes a it's weird a turn. Sweet neck tattoo. You have no idea what you're watching in that yeah. film until it takes that proper yeah. turn. Yeah, very weird. Good movie. Spoiler: the the turn is vampire. Turn is vampire. Yeah. Uh, okay. I have here for film number six. You ready? Six. 1990s. We're back to Tim Burton. It's Edward Scissorhands. Woo-hoo. Edward, I want to cut your hair. Scissorhands. With Johnny Depp. With Johnny, I'm super weird, but all the girls love me, but I'm also a bit of a creep. It's also aged really badly. Depp. In yeah. the last three years. Johnny, I'm playing magical gay Hitler in the Harry Potter spinoffs. Depp. Yeah. Yeah. Not looking forward to that. Mm. I'm looking forward to the movie, just not his, his role in it. Talking about Johnny Depp. Anyway. Uh, a reoccurrence of Tim Burton. Winona Ryder is in this movie as well. So yeah, starring in this one, we've got Johnny Depp, Winona Ryder, and Diane Weist. Don't know who that is. Directed by Tim Burton, as I've already said. This is the one I think people think of when they think of Tim Burton. Yeah, totally. Uh, Edward Scissorhands has got that cult following. It's yeah. really creepy, um, very Jack Skeleton-like. Tim Burton, not Tim Burton, sorry. John, this really propelled Johnny Depp's career, I think. Before that, he was in some bit, bit, bit parts and cameos. Famously, Johnny Depp was actually in uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. He dies relatively early on. He plays a proper high school jock. Um, so the synopsis of the film really quickly. Uh, in a castle high on top of a hill lives an inventor's greatest creation, Edward, a near-complete person. 
The creator uh, died before he could finish Edward's hands. Instead, he left uh, Edward with metal scissors for hands. Since then, he has lived alone until a kind lady called Peg discovers him and welcomes him back to her home. At first, everything well, everyone welcomes Edward into the community, but soon things take a change for the worse. Because guess what? Oh, you can't no. dance with girls if you can't hold their hand. You chop them off. Yeah, buddy. It's pretty bad. It's a bit dark. It's, it's quite sad, isn't it? It's one of those <laughs> films where... You can't hold someone's hand. How would, you, how would you describe this? Is it a comedy? Is it... I don't... I mean... Is it a dark comedy? I'll say this now. I didn't enjoy this movie. Yeah, I think back in it as well. I don't know why we're... I feel like we were obliged to put it on the, on the list because it is one of those Halloween films yeah. everyone talks about. I didn't like it either. Mm, no. I, d- I think it's too Tim Burton. It's too weird. It's too quirky. Johnny Depp is... He plays the role really well, but yeah. his character is just... He doesn't really speak much, I don't think. No. I honestly can't tell you a scene other than the one where he, like, cuts the hedge into a dinosaur or whatever. Yeah, um, we had Batman... Uh, and Batman Returns on VHS, and I remember when we watched that as kids. There's Batman and Robin. A, yeah, but there's a there's the trailers at the beginning of the VHSs that show what that what Warner Brothers has done that day. Oh yeah. It also it promotes Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. I remember thinking that that film looks awful. I want to watch Batman. Batman, and to this day I'm 28 years old, and I would much rather watch Tim Burton's Batman as a oh, Halloween sure. film, yeah. 1989, over Edward Scissorhands. Christmas film. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> well, that, the, the Returns is a Christmas film. All right. Okay. Arguably one of the best Christmas films next to Daniel Die Hard. Hill. Next to Die Hard. Next to Die Hard. Uh, okay. Some, some, some trivia about Edward Scissorhands because we need to talk about Edward Scissorhands. Um, the idea for the movie was inspired by, drawing Tim Bur- uh, for, by a drawing Tim Burton had done when he was a teenager. The drawing depicted a thin, solemn man with long, sharp blades for fingers. Burton stated that he was often alone and had trouble retaining friendships. I quote... I get the feeling people just got this urge to want to leave me alone for some reason. I don't know exactly why. So oh, why? Because you're weird. Yeah, Burton's a weird guy. You got weird hair. You got, yeah, I think honestly, when you look at drawings. when you look at Burton, and you look at how he wanted Edward Scissorhands to look, that is him. They kind of look the same. It's exactly him. He just got weird scissors for hands. Less permy hair, which is a metaphor for I don't want to touch you. Yeah, get away. Get away. He's a loner. That's Burton. You're a loner. He likes to think of himself as a one-man wolf pack. Do you, Jesus, he does. <laughs> Good reference, though. Thanks. Name the that hangover. movie. Yeah, The Hangover. Yeah. You want to watch Be- a better much film? Much better movie. <laughs> watch The Hangover. Not quite a Halloween movie. Yeah. But very good. Mike Tyson's in it. He still got it. Still got it. Still got it. Uh, okay, another fact. Winona Ryder dropped out... Of, oh, this is crazy. Stupid. Winona Ryder dropped out of The Godfather Part 3 to appear in this film. Uh, it, was, uh, it was reported. Um, sorry, it was reported Johnny Depp actually convinced her to do so. So Winona Ryder was due to play uh, Michael Corleone's daughter in it before it went to um, Sofia Coppola. No way. Yeah. And she Johnny said no. Depp, you idiot. She said no to that. To, to be, be fair, I don't think she would have done as good a job. As Coppola? Yeah. What? Winona Ryder. I like Winona Ryder as an actress. She's a good actress. Yeah, but... Meh. Uh, fine. I mean, she made her own mistakes. Uh, yeah, the Godfather trilogy is a great trilogy. I mean, we're talking about the, the third part of the Godfather, which is not the best part. No. Um, 
but still good as a trilogy. It's still good as an overall trilogy. It's a shame. She, I mean, that could have really helped her career. Other, I mean, she was fine, to be honest, but I would have picked Godfather Part 3 or Edward, I don't want to touch you hands any day. Yeah. Um, the entire story, sorry, part uh, trivia point number three, the entire story is meant to be seen through Edward's eyes, which is why the neighborhood looks so fantastical and animated. Ah, uh, so it's all colorful and yeah. pastel-y. I legit think this is how Tim Burton sees the world. Yeah. Through child's eyes. Yeah, which is creepy as well. Like, it's very weird. Why do you have this weird childlike fascination with the world? Yeah. Grow the fuck up. This is not Michael Jackson's wet dream. Oh, that's weird. But kind of yeah. is the same what you've gone for. I am surprised that, I, I guess they probably weren't married at this point, but what's her face isn't in this movie? Helena Bonham Carter. Helena Bonham, Bonham Carter. Yeah, they're married, aren't they? Yeah, or they were. I don't know if they still are. I wouldn't get, I wouldn't be but to Tim Burton. Tim Burton's favorite thing to do is to put her in a movie with Johnny Depp and let Johnny Depp kiss her. Okay, what films <laughs> are they in together? Uh, the Barber one. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Barbara Fleet Street. Demon uh, Barbara Fleet Street. Alice in Wonderland movie. Oh yeah, fuck. They're in all those together. That's uh, creepy. Some other ones. That some other ones that I don't know <laughs> right now. But yeah, good shout. That is a good shout. Um, Loves watching Johnny Depp kiss his bird. Kiss his wife. Yeah, that's odd. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. That movie isn't great in my opinion. Watch it if you want. Whatever. <sighs> yeah, it, it's a bit sappy as well. I honestly don't know whether or not you could describe it as a, as a romantic comedy, a romance film, a Comedy. Dark comedy. I don't know. It tries to be too many things. Yeah. Uh, okay. Film number seven on my list is 1986 Labyrinth. Have you seen Labyrinth? I have. Dance, magic, dance. David Bowie here. Bowie's in space. Except he's not in space. You can borrow my jumper, Bowie. <laughs> I'm the Goblin King now. Yeah, he's a Goblin King. So David Bowie. Bit, Labyrinth. Bit of a creeper. Bit of a creeper as well. Creeping yeah. on a except, like, 12-year-old. Except I love David Bowie. And he's a legend. Oh, yeah. Great. He's a legend. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, if you didn't understand, this movie stars... Bowie. 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 George Michael. <laughs> George Michael. <laughs> <laughs> no, David Bowie. And Jennifer Connelly, who... This is... But she's relatively young and hasn't married um, Paul Bettany yet. Uh, this film was also directed by Jim Henson of The Muppets whoop, whoop. Hence why... David Bowie is surrounded by Muppets. Yeah, there's Muppets <laughs> everywhere. This, this is what brought the appeal to me. It was basically Jim Henson's interpretation of a bit of a scary bit Muppets of a horror film. version of his yeah, stuff. Yeah, but it's not horror. It's still super comedy. Yeah. So I'll read the synopsis. It's Just a slightly more, less aesthetically pleasing Muppets. This is an odd synopsis. Honestly, this, this is a weird film. Uh, the teenager Sarah is forced by her father and her stepmother to babysit her baby brother, Toby, while they are outside the house. Toby does not stop crying and Sarah wishes that her brother uh, be taken by the Goblin King. So apparently she knows the cool. Goblin King. Already knows She knows the Goblin is. King's real. Cool. Whatever. Boy shows up. And oh, out of the blue, Toby stops crying when Sarah looks for him in the cradle. She learns that her wish has been granted and the Goblin King, Jareth. Great name. Jareth. Not Gareth. Nope. Not Jade. Or Yareth. Or Yareth. It's Jareth. <laughs> Um, has taken him to his castle in Goblin City in the middle of a labyrinth. Good name. Sarah, rep- <laughs> Sarah repents sorry, and asks Jareth to give Toby back. But the Goblin King tells her that she has to rescue her brother before midnight. 
Otherwise, Toby will be turned into a goblin. Oh, no. Soon. Oh, what a terrible, terrible synopsis of a movie. Um, hang on, I'm not over yet. I just I'm lost the sure. place here. Soon, Soon, Sarah teams up with the coward goblin Hogel. Hogel? Hogel? Uh, the beast Lundo, Ludo, even, and the knight Didymus and his dog Ambrosius in her journey. Will they rescue Toby in time? Yes. Because <laughs> it's a kid's movie. I think. <laughs> this is such a weird movie. I don't know about the dance. Let's dance. Let's dance. Uh, uh, uh. Put on your red, red shoes, shoes and dance, dance the goblin blues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bowie. Uh, this is a weird film. I wanted to put it in there because my okay, I go, I'm going to give her a shout out because she loved the shout out last time. She texted me after that. Amy Hooper. Hoop. There Hoop, it Hoop, is. Hoop. <laughs> oh, she loves this film. And when I was living with Gregor in Glasgow, she loved putting on Labyrinth and referencing Labyrinth. And um, I never really liked it because I didn't like seeing David Bowie dressed up as a Goblin King. Um, kind of looked the same. <laughs> yeah, no, it does, but it's it's creepy, man. Hmm. And I didn't want it to kind of taint my view of the artist that is David Bowie, who's a genius. But David Bowie really wanted to be an actor. Like to go he, into acting, he Bowie. took so many acting gigs that were odd. Like, what's that alien film he was in where he plays a really weird fucking alien? An alien film? Yeah, man. There's an alien film. I think it was made in the seventies. He plays okay. a proper weird alien. I think that helped inspire um, Ziggy Stardust. David Bowie. He was in uh, the Prestige. Good film. He played Nikola Tesla. Yeah, that was a. Who was the director? Oh, that was um, that was uh, Nolan. Nolan, yeah, Chris Nolan, Chris Nolan film, very good Nolan film actually. Right, some facts about the Goblin King himself. Shoot, uh, the owl in the title sequence is computer generated. It's the first attempt at a photorealistic CGI animal character in any feature film. Very cool. Very early CGI. What was that? Nineteen eighty-eight, eighty-six. Yeah, was it? Uh, eighty-six. Yeah. Uh, okay, number two. The dance magic scene consisted of over 48 puppets with 52 puppeteers and eight people in goblin costumes. Amazing. Uh, as revealed by Brian Henson in the Inside the Labyrinth documentary. Oh. So Jim Henson and Brian Henson went to town on the puppets for this film. Is one of them the small man that's in all the Star Wars movies? What is his name? Uh, Kenny. Nope. Oh, we saw, he was on we, a plane. He was on a plane with us on the oh, way back from Florida. Yeah, what's his name? The guy that plays uh, the Ewok. Yeah. Balls. I can't remember his name. He was on our plane coming back from the US last year, and I remember freaking out. I was like, oh, my God. And it's what him. was really funny was all is that they were checking in yeah. a life-sized Ewok into the, into the hold of the plane. Jesus, why can't I remember his name? Himself. Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis. That's his name. Warwick da- Willow. Willow himself. Willow. Exactly. Yeah. He's probably in this he movie. He probably Who is. Knows? Oh, that's a bit sizest. Yeah, but he loves dressing up as things. He walks. Putting masks on. Call him Goblin. Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> point number three. Moving on before we get too <laughs> okay. scared to talk about this. Uh, point number three. Michael Jackson, Prince, Mick Jagger, and Mick Jagger were considered to play Jareth. Uh, Jim Henson preferred Sting until his kid convinced him that David Bowie, who had reached his peak of mainstream popularity with Let's, the Let's Dance album, uh, would be best suited to play it. Bowie wanted to make a children's movie, 
and liked the concept and found the script funnier and more amusing than any the many other contemporary special effects movies. Wow. Not surprised Michael Jackson wanted oh, to play this role. Michael Jackson would have been perfect for this role. Oh, yeah. Hey there, hey there, Jennifer. Hey. What's her name? Uh, uh, what's her, what's her, what's her name called? again? Sarah. <laughs> Sarah? Yeah, Sarah. Hey well, there, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Well, you want your little, <laughs> want your little baby back? <laughs> Take some of this juice. Huh. Shut up. It'll make you feel good. The mm. juice. Drink it up. I'll, I'll cover you in a blanket. Want to, want to, want to come up? Cover can, you in a blanket, we can, Toby? We can dance in my room. <laughs> we can dance on that. Under, under the sheets. Hey, it's a thriller. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened? I don't know. Prince yep. would have been good. Mick oh, Jagger also would have been, been really good. Yeah. good. <laughs> Mick, oh, Mick Jagger would have brought some lips to that conversation. More ways than one. Oh, giggity. <laughs> uh, yeah, some, some, obviously they were going for definitely a, a, a singer-songwriter focus on this. Yeah, Rock for sure. star. Um, interesting. Yeah. I I, th- I think they chose correct with yeah, David Bowie. They hit gold there with David Bowie. Yeah. Uh, point number four here. This was Jim Henson's final feature film before he died in the early 90s. Really? Yeah. So he did all the Muppets up till, what was the last Muppets been? The Muppet movie. The Great Muppet movie. Where they go to California. He died in 1980s. In the late 80s, I think. He really? Died. Yeah. And then so he, he didn't do... Treasure Island or no. Christmas Carol? No, that was all his brother, his wow. son. I think his son. I think he, his his company did Sesame Street as well, mm. and they kept that going. Yeah, I didn't know he died so yeah, early. Yeah, he died. Well, yeah, he's pretty old. But Jim Henson, what a legend! Yeah, love what him. a legend. Favorite Jim Henson film? Well, it's Treasure Island. Treasure Island? Mm. Nah, it's Christmas Carol for me. Cam and I watched Treasure Island recently, and the soundtrack is incredible. Yeah, it is. Tim Cam, Cam knows the words off my heart. I love that. Cam, so Cam can't do any scary film. Ulawaka, Ulawaka, something like this. Anybody, anywhere. Cam, sing along. Ulawaka, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. I love so that. So good. One more time now. Best, car- best character in it. Shiver my soul. Yo, ho, he, ho. Billy Connolly's in it as... Uh, uh, Billy Bones! Billy Bones! I'm blind. I know you're here. I know you're here, Billy. (laughs) I smell something burning, no? Oh, let's watch this after this. Yeah, we should. Yeah. I really want to play Red Dead, though. Uh, Okay. Look out for the one legged man and never run with scissors (laughs) before somebody loses an (laughs) eye. Classic. If you haven't watched Muppet Treasure Island, Go watch that. That's a good Halloween film. A great Halloween, a good film. Halloween film. Okay, too. last one really quickly. Um, I feel like this is a, a glorified shout out because... The trilogy. Not so much the trilogy, but the first one because I remember watching this as a teen, early teenager and uh, loving it and not really kind of understanding most of the references but getting a lot of them is Scary Movie. So this stars Anna Faris, John Abrams, Marlon Waynes, and Sean Waynes. Pretty it much was, a lot of the 90s it was written. Yeah, it was written by Marlon and Sean Waynes, uh, the two the uh, Waynes brothers. Two, yeah, the two Waynes brothers in the film. The white chips. It was also directed by their oldest brother, Keenan Ivory Waynes. Keenan Kale. He's not Keenan. Is it not Keenan from no, Keenan and Kale? Oh, okay. No. But he's the one that people usually uh, associate with the success of the family. So all the Waynes brothers. There's like four Waynes brothers. Wow. He was the first one to, to crack Hollywood, and then they all came and joined him. So we can thank this guy for white chicks and all that crap. Yeah. Like Great. Thanks, Good one. guys. Cheers, buddy. 
Anyway, Scary Movie, which is the ultimate parody film. Yep. Um, kind of sparked off the whole disaster movie. Yeah, all superhero that. Superhero movie. All that crap. All that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not another teen movie. But they hit gold with this, really trolling Scream so and the good. slasher films. Um, and I remember when it came out, we all had Scream masks that had like the the jaded look on it, the stone look on it and stuff. Yeah. Uh, which I, why did mom let us buy those masks? I don't think she realized. She must not have realized she that that's not. Have. You're buying us a mask where Scream is stoned. He looks really happy and his tongue is sticking out. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> uh, okay, synopsis really quickly. A group of teenagers, including Cindy Campbell and Bobby Prince, spelled with a Z. Great. Um, Great accidents, accidentally hit a man when driving and dispose of the body. But now they are being stalked by a very recognizable mask killer, the Scream killer. Uh, the victim count increases. Uh, while Cindy must survive the carnage that she has seen in so many films before. Because this film references loads of slasher films. All the slasher films. It references Scream. It references I Know What You Did Last Summer. It references Halloween. uh, It references Freddy Freddy Krueger films. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. And yeah, Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street. Really funny films though. But really heavy on the slapstick. It was one of those films where when we were kind of early teenagers and we'd actually spend time uh, with that, have sleepovers and stuff at our pal's house. Mum and dad wouldn't let us watch this film. So it was one of those films we could watch yeah. at Richard's house. If we want to say Lloyd's Richard's house. house. Or Lloyd's house, yeah. Super funny. And love the Wayne's humor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very good. They, did they, they stole the, or they did the Bud Light advert. In the Bud Light, no, it was well. the Bud Light, the WhatsApp advert. Yeah, well, uh, what yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Oh, the 90s. It was, it was one of those films that really really parodied popular culture at the time yeah and really good at it was big into it i got some really good trivia actually for it actually this this actually has the most trivia i've written down for it because there's so much in the film um the script for this movie was actually a combination of two scripts dimension films bought in 1998 Um, the first one was called last summer i screened because halloween fell on friday the 13th <laughs> written by uh, the waynes brothers and phil beeman and scream if you know what i did last summer Last Halloween. By Jason, last Halloween, sorry. Uh, by Jason Freiberg and Aaron Seltzer. Um, the latter two are the two of the six writers in Scary Movie who went on to make Date Movie and Epic Movie. Boo. Makes sense. Crappy movies. Yeah. Uh, point number two, when Ray and Brenda are in the movie theater, you know the scene where they go see Shakespeare in Love? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the <laughs> Shakespeare in Love. Uh, the preview screen reads, the following P view, P-double-E view, has been ass-proved <laughs> for immature audiences only. If you can read this, you are too close. Pee-pee, poopy, boogers, farts, bumhole. Rated I for immature. We thought it would be funny to put this here. Kiss our asses and take it off. Pause. <laughs> That's amazing. Total troll. I didn't know Absolute that at all. Absolute total troll. <laughs> That's oh. so good, though. I mean, <laughs> I think that, that whole little quote summarizes the entire movie. It is a proper immature movie. Yeah, they're just putting the fingers There's, up to all yeah, Hollywood slash movies. It's sex jokes, it's poo jokes, yeah. it's uh, bum, jokes. bum jokes, fart jokes, weed jokes. Toilet humor. Yeah, toilet humor. Uh, point number three, the original script featured a cameo role by Jamie Lee Curtis as Cindy. Oh, that would have been great. Uh, well, no, where Sydney discovered her hiding in a closet in her, in her house while the killer was chasing her up the stairs. Amazing. That yeah. would have been even better. would have better. been so good. Very, very uh, reminiscent of Halloween. Yeah. Um, point number four. Uh, this is a weird one. Jared Leto was offered to play the role of Bobby during the early stages of the casting. 
He eventually declined it in favor of doing Requiem for a Dream, which also starred scary movie writer and actor Marlon Wayans. I did not know this. Also, before we move on, I got me- I got a uh, uh, I got a comment on a couple episodes ago mm. on why you can't say Jared Leto properly. Properly, me? Yes, Jared Leto. His name is Leto. Leto. Yeah. What do I say? You say Leto. With two E's. Jared Leto? Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Yeah, I don't see the difference. Just, let, just you know, there you go. I've, either I've way, done, I've done it. I've told Either him. way, he's a shit joker. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good actor. actor. Yeah, really good actor. Also kind of has misbehaved with uh, underage girls as well. So not not yeah. great. Not great on uh, his part. Uh, there. No. Uh, yeah, weird that he, well, I mean, weird that he was at to be in this film. Uh, if you want a real fucking horror film, go and watch Wrecking for a Dream. That's a harrowing film. <laughs> yeah. That's all about addiction and not doing well with drugs. Nope. Let's not watch That's that film. That's a sad, sad movie. Very sad movie. <laughs> uh, okay, so point number five, we've got Scary Movie was the working title for Scream in 1996, hence the movie parody. Oh, very clever. And point number six, in an early script, it was going to reveal the killer was Damon Waynes for his brothers holding out on him for this movie and not including him. Uh, <laughs> Damon funny. Waynes was uh, the guy from, oh, what was the TV show? My, f- oh, wife, and kid, my wife and Kids? Yeah, My Wife yeah, and Kids. Yeah, he plays the, the dad, dad, plays the dad of My Wife and Kids. Yeah. So he was going to pop up as the killer because they hadn't included him in the script. He seemed like the oldest one. Yeah, something. and he's like the middle child or something, yeah. <laughs> uh, but due to scheduling conflicts, he was rewritten out of the script. And the way it is now. The Who's is now. the killer in this one? can't remember was it the white was it the just like the oh no it was doofy it oh, was the bro- yeah it was the, it the, was the other brother. brother yeah yeah no it was the it was the Dewey. hot girl's brother buffy's brother Dewey. yeah he plays the retarded cop oh he's meant to look like alec baldwin or yeah, he no, is a bald one no 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 he plays the retarded cop and at the end it's it's the parody the usual suspects where he's walking and he's got like a limp and then he oh, hasn't, he he hasn't doesn't got have a limp, limp yeah and then he's apparently really hot and gets in the car with the model and they drive away <laughs> such a ridiculous movie it parodies so <laughs> many movies that's so funny that's really well done yeah i like it i mean uh, these are eight films we've just mentioned out with some of the other ones we've mentioned in passing that if you are wanting some halloween film recommendations that aren't going to scare your socks off go for it yeah and if you want to watch some scary movies that's also an option we don't or i don't me and cam don't jamie does but you know Maybe we've given you some options to go and laugh at Halloween rather than keep all the lights on. It's a family holiday now, guys. It's not all about the scares, even though if you want some really good stuff, I've mentioned it three times now. The Haunting on Hill House is really good on Netflix. I am not going to watch it because I've heard people are fainting and crying when this movie is being shown. It's it's a TV series, 10 episodes, really intense. Not going to do it. Hey, my girlfriend hates horror films, but she's watching it. Good for her. You got um. You want to catch us up on anything you've been watching up with these, Rory? Before we, uh, we tail off? I have been watching season two of Making a Murderer. It's pish. It's pretty pish. It's Mostly because it's not it's because not exciting. Of, because of the backlash from the first season. The media has kind of kept on top of the actual case. Mm. So watching season two, I already know that there's all still spoiler alert if you don't know. They're all still in jail. Yeah. None of them are out. So with every episode that's trying to seem like a cliffhanger and be like, well, we've got more evidence that now he's going to get out of jail. I think the issue you've also got is because the first 
series was so successful. Everyone now follows this case, like yeah. on yeah. the news. So everyone knows the outcome of it. Yeah. Um and also, uh his new lawyer, what's his what's Stephen Avery's new lawyer, mm-hmm. looks like a bad guy. Yeah, she does. She looks like Cruella Deville. Yeah, and you know, everyone knows the ending. There's no more surprises in it. That's why the first one yeah. was so interesting. The, there was the first season was like, I've never heard this in my life. Yeah, and there was cliffhangers after every it's episode. Like a staircase. Yeah. Um, I'm disappointed. But with that's that. what I've been watching. I started watching it last weekend as well, and I was disappointed. I stopped watching after episode three, I think. Yeah. And I've also downloaded Red Dead, and I can't wait to play it. Yeah, I can't wait to get home and play Spider Man if Hannah me. Hopefully. Anyway, for roughly the last hour and a half. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Kiddlehood, the podcast where we talk movies, TV shows, video games, and stories about our lives that you're welcome to forget in the next hour. Um, however, if you like those, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. We post every Monday morning at 8 a.m., just in time for your morning commute to work. Just in time. Uh, that's us signing off for another week. Yep. We'll see you again next week. Rory, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.